Church Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Gokey, and I am so glad that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number two. That's right. We got that introduction podcast out of the way. We got podcast number one out of the way, and now we're just jamming. Now we're moving forward, taking ground. Here we go. Um, we uh, this The last podcast we did was on Ecclesiastes 7.13. I, I love that passage. That passage for me has framed up so much. It, it's challenged me more than most passages because it's digging into who God is is, like who he is, how he's working, and the way we can approach life. So if you haven't checked out that uh, that episode number one, love for you to go back and check that out. Uh, I'm having a great day today. I hope that you are having a fantastic uh, day as well. And this passage that, we're, passage that we're coming to today, really excited about it. Uh, as I told you, and maybe in the introduction podcast, I've been working through the Psalms uh, for the last six months or so, just trying to take it really slow, just just trying to listen and hear what it is that um, the writers of Psalms are kind of working through. What is it that they're trying to say about God? Uh, what I love about the Psalms is they are kind of an authentic expression of an inward reality, like something that's going on inside. They tend to express it. They're very honest. And so this particular Psalm just, it stopped me dead in my tracks. It made me think um, really hard about, you know, what's going on in my own life and, and the way I view life. And so, uh, which is what you want the Bible to do. The Bible should be putting us in check all the time. So here's what the Psalms 39, uh, four through five, all of Psalms 39 is fantastic. I'm just going to pull out, uh, four and five. And it says this, Oh Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few hand breaths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely, all of mankind stands as a mere breath. Oh my gosh. I mean, that, that passage just completely, I mean, instantly puts us into a place of, uh, of conviction and humility helps us come to a place where we're like, oh my gosh, who am I and who is God? And and, and I, that's what I, I love most about this passage. And why this passage is resonating with me uh, right now is, is as a result of, of a trip that I just went on uh, to Kenya. In, in Kenya, uh, I was there in July, I took a team of about, I think we had 22, 23 people. So it was a pretty large team, uh, but we split up. And so uh, I got the opportunity of leading uh, eight people to at one of our partner ministries called The Living Room. And if you've never heard of The Living Room, Living Room International, it's the Kenya's largest hospice and uh, run by uh, an American, her name is Julie, an, an incredible, an incredible, incredible ministry. The way they love and care for people who are hurting and who are hopeless is like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, incredible, the work they're doing. And so I uh, went to living room. And to be honest, I was really, really nervous uh, about this trip. Um, I've traveled the world. Uh, I've been involved in India for about 11 years. But this trip for me felt just so overwhelming. It felt overwhelming. The idea of like sitting with people in a hospice, at least in my mind, sitting with people in a hospice who are dying, some of them, uh, are in a, a massive amount of pain, 
and not being able to fix it, not being able to like say say anything really that's going to soothe, but just be for me was a really hard thought. I don't know if if you're kind of like me, but I'm a three on the Enneagram. And so I'm an achiever. I'm like, go get things done, accomplish, go after it. And so the idea of sitting for two weeks in a hospice with people who are really struggling and not being able to do anything other than just be there was really daunting for me. But I learned so much. I learned so much about joy. I learned so much about um, pain. I learned so much about life and living life. I learned a lot about Kenyan community and how they live out that community. And this passage really came to light for me there. Um, It really, it was overwhelming. In fact, it seemed that it just touched on all these different things. And I remember this pastor, he actually taught this particular passage on Sunday. As I, I think I did three funerals. Uh, during our time there. So, I mean, we were a part of three funerals. I I only uh, helped out with two, but we were a part of three funerals. And it was really overwhelming, like staggering and overwhelming. And this passage kind of makes you rethink everything. And as the pastor is preaching, uh, if you can just imagine ceiling fans in this brick building, it's really hot. Everyone's dressed to the nines. And he starts teaching about this. And the reason why this passage is so hard for so many people, me included, is that there is an undeniable truth. And it's this uh, and that most of us don't want to deal with. And it's this is that we will die someday that we, we don't like to talk about that. Like, I don't, you know, I guess you wouldn't find too many podcasts on death, you know, or talking about death. It's, it doesn't hit the feel good metrics that, uh, that many people are looking for. And, and, you know, kind of the, this is how to make your life better kind of thing. Uh, no, this is like, let's talk about the fact that we will all die someday. And it, it doesn't matter how much money you have or how powerful you are. Um, in fact, death is what makes us truly human. How does that make you feel? Like as you hear this passage and you think about the idea of death, how does that make you feel right now? I think for many people, it makes us feel really uncomfortable. We don't want to think about that. We want all the good stuff in life. Give me the good stuff. Give me the blessings. Let's talk about that stuff. Let's talk about all the blessing, all the good stuff. Let's talk about white picket fences and and eating out at In-N-Out, right? Let, let's talk about that kind of stuff. I don't want to talk about death. I don't want to talk about the end. That That's terrifying. But here we have David, a man after God's own heart, and he knows this. He knows that the death is imminent, that, like it's going to happen. And so as a result of knowing this and the truth of it, he prays for God to teach him about his humanity. I love that. He, he, he prays to God, Lord, let me know my end and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Like he prays that to God. Like in other places in Psalms, it it says, teach me to number my days. Teach me to number my days. 
to really live life, to really wrestle through my humanity. And I wonder if you've done that, if you've really wrestled with this, wrestled with your humanity, because if you do, and you're really honest about it, what it should do is cause us to be incredibly humble. And if there's one thing about David that we're constantly learning is that he is a humble servant of God. He's wrestling with God. He, he's at times he's screaming, God, where are you? And other times he's worshiping, but he is constantly struggling with his humanity, which is humble which is humble. It's causing each and every one of us to move forward in humility. I I love this quote by by C.S. Lewis. He says this, as long as you are proud, you you cannot know God. A proud man is always looking down on thing and people. And of course, as long as you are looking down, you cannot see something that is above you. This place of humility in which David finds himself in wrestling with his humanity, wrestling that his life is fleeting. It is like a mere breath. I think for a lot of us, uh, many of us believe that we are trusting God with our life. I think many of us believe that we're really trusting God with our life. But, But the question I have is, but do we also trust him with our death? Because if we do, it will rip out of us this humble yearning and questioning God. Help us do this well. Help us live this out. And, and what it does is it puts God in his right place and it puts us in our right place. Sometimes as a result of thinking that we've got it all figured out or that we're fine or we'll, that we'll just keep achieving in this life, that we'll just keep doing more and we'll start taking enough vitamins, right? And we'll just go to the right doctors, that everything will be fine. You know, I, I found this study to be really interesting. I think it was in a book called Change or Die. Uh, If not, I apologize. But basically what they found is that heart attacks are the greatest killer in the United States. Okay? Heart attacks are the greatest killers in the United States. And so what they found is they give very simple advice to people after they have a heart attack, which is this, for the most part. Take these meds, work out, eat healthy. Just do those things. Take your meds, eat healthy, and exercise. Do that. And yet people don't do it. People don't do it. And so they started asking the question, why? Well, at the end of the day, the reason why is because most of them believed if they were to have a heart attack again, that a doctor would save them. That feels arrogant. And yet that's how so many of us live our life. We think we got it. We think we got it all figured out until one day you wake up and you realize that you are not in control. It is God that is in control. And it is this that David understands. And it is is this that he starts to reflect and he starts to go, 
you are the one that holds our breaths. You are the one that puts all the air in our lungs. You are the one that every day causes us to wake up and live and breathe. And so for that, you deserve to be worshiped. You deserve to be high and lifted up. In fact, the way this passage ends is with a Selah, a pause. So right now, just pause. Just pause. You are alive. God allowed you to be alive today. He put air in your lungs and he gave you a heart that beats. And that should cause you to be humble before him. Humble. You are God. I am not. You have given me another day. Oh my gosh, what a gift. Another day. So Lord, as David says, make me to know my end and what the measure of my days and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. God, you are high and lifted up and you have given me another day to live. So when we know our days are numbered and who's in control of them, it should cause us to humbly worship our God. When we know our days are numbered and who's in control of them, that's really important. It should cause us to humbly worship him. And maybe that's what today looks like for you. Humbly worshiping God today because he's given you another day and he is in control. What would look life look like if instead of worrying about our death, we'd worship with our lives? Like today, as you're driving in the car or going for a jog or whatever you're doing right now, I love how I keep using those two things, by the way. I don't, I don't know why I keep using those two things. I mean, you could be on a bike ride for all I know or be in Starbucks. Uh, but wherever you are, what would life look like if instead of worrying about your death, our death, we'd worship with our lives? Every moment of our lives that we would worship him. You are high and lifted up, God. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise through the way we live our lives. So with that in mind, God, you are the giver and taker of life. Teach us to trust and live every moment for you. Look, I hope you have a fantastic day. And I hope this passage has challenged you, has encouraged you, and has commissioned you to dig deeper into what it is that God is revealing to you as you live out this uh, live out today. So have an awesome day. See you next time. Cheers.